This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. Birmingham Wiki says that Mark Petway was born in 1964, the son of Ed and Camellia Satisfield Petway. Grew up in Birmingham's College Hills neighborhood and worked as a paper carrier. Is that, that's interesting, as a paper carrier for the Birmingham News. Graduated from Inslee High School, got a bachelor's degree in business from Faulkner University, and joined the police department in 1991. After working in various positions with Birmingham, Fairfield, and Jefferson County, our sheriff, Mark L. Petway, was elected in 2018. What does the L stand for? Levi. All right, Levi, tell me a joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Since it's wet outside and raining, (laughs) why does Snoop Dogg carry an umbrella? Why does Snoop Dogg carry an umbrella? I don't know. For drizzle. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that one. (laughs) That is awesome. Now, um, Sheriff, let's, let's jump right into this thing. You know, um, when we're on the podcast, we like to, you know, make people laugh, make them cry, and make them think. Usually we jump right into it with the laughs, but I want to jump into what's going on right now in Brookside. It is so crazy because uh, John Archibald was here talking about, yeah, y'all, y'all pay attention. I got got something big dropping, got something big dropping. Never in a million years did I expect him to be trying to take down an entire city. You have said some really um, scary things about what's going on in Brookside. I want to start start out with this by taking you off the hook. Why can't you do anything about what's going on in Brookside? Well, it's not our job to police another agency. We don't have the authority to do that. And I'm not for sure people are aware of they didn't know that, but we're not able to police another agency. But we do have the state that can step in. We have the governor's office, the attorney general's office. We also have uh, on federal level, we have uh, the FBI that can step in and investigate. Those agencies can investigate and check out what's going on in cities like Brookside. Now, you just told me this story about uh, a young lady um, being their door kicked in um, and and her being arrested. What is what is the most what are what's the most alarming thing that you've heard as far as the officers in the uh, police department of Brookside doing? I mean. Um, arresting people that aren't even in their jurisdiction. I mean, it's just insane. What else is going on up there? 
Uh, well, a lot of that has gone on. They have violated the rights of many individuals uh, that weren't even in the city of Brookside, but outside of the city. And one thing I could probably say, say about um, the law enforcement that was going on there, it was not something that was aimed at a particular race or color. But they did everybody. Right. I saw that on the news. Everybody. Men, women, black, white. It didn't matter who you were. didn't matter. But it seems as if, um, listening to the story, they uh, had the idea of thought that everybody black was on drugs. That was uh, a trend that went through most of the ones that were black. They were... um, Check for drugs, mm-hmm. uh, even on their person, their body, and everything. So mm-hmm. um, that was pretty intrusive and uh, invasive. And but they did a lot to violate the rights of individuals. Yeah, I actually know Vincent Witt, like I was just telling you, and and the, it was his story that was one of the ones that was highlighted by John Archibald. And they got what? What did it? What all were they charged with? I mean, they—he—he's a chaplain. He is. He's a pastor of a church in in a, a, a local city here. Right. He's also a chaplain for uh, the Lipscomb Police Department. Now, he was driving, not even in the city of of, of uh, Brookside, but outside the city, and he was pulled over. He had just bought a brand new car, had a paper tag on it, and. They pulled him over because of that. That was their prob- probable cause to pull him over. He had only had the car for two days, and he verified that. And he showed them paperwork that the car uh, was only his for just two days. That should have been enough to say, okay, thank you, sir. Go ahead on. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. really wanted to pull somebody over and check them just for a paper tag. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they have an expiration date on those tags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they would have looked, they probably would have seen an expiration date on the tag and wouldn't have had a need to pull him over. They pulled him over, checked him, and um, from what Vincent said, there was some uh, things that were said that was racial. Yeah, yeah. And um, Now let me ask you this. Uh, what is the racial makeup of Brookside? Because you threw me off when you said you went to school in Brookside. I did. My mother taught at Brookside. That's where she went to the school system to integrate the teachers within the uh, county school system. Uh And um, back in the 70s, I went to Brookside. My mother started teaching there in the 60s. I went there in the 70s. And um, I left there and went to Bidenville. But in Brookside, the majority back then, it was white. It was Uh a majority white city back then. Now, um, Brookside has a mixture of uh, whites, blacks, and a few Hispanics are in there now. Uh huh. Uh huh. So uh, it has changed from the way it was when I was growing up. And so, that's where that's where I was kind of going with that whole thing. You know, it it sounds as though you know uh, this would be something going on in in Mountain Brook. You know, <laughs> back in the day to keep people out or something. But this is an integrated community. It, it is, and this is. Um, 2022. Yeah, we're a long ways from the 50s and the uh, early 60s 
these things should not be happening today. We have a lot of training that has gone on for law enforcement, and I just built a new training facility out there to train uh, people in law enforcement. We want to make sure that they understand their job, and they go out there and do their job, and they do it right. We don't want this type of policing because it does not just make Brookside look bad. It makes all the policing look bad. Because, it really does. It you know, really does. We, we take a hit when when an uh, agency does something like this. We've heard a lot about the um, crime center that the city of Birmingham did. What is the training center that you just built? What What is the purpose for it, and how is it going to help policing in the entire Jefferson County area? Well, we have a large enough center to invite everybody to come out to get trained, whether you're on the state level or the federal level. We want you to come out and um, get trained, and we do a lot of free training. But nowadays with COVID, we're able to do virtual training. So you don't have to be at our facility to get trained. You can watch it from cameras uh, wherever you are, and you can get credit for it. We want people to be able to get credit for their training so they can keep up with their credit hours every year to turn in. Um, And if they can watch it virtually or come out there to the training facility, we put on the best training for everybody to be able to understand and know their job and perform it at a high level. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, I was a big fan of Sheriff Mike Hale good friend of mine we go way back and um i have watched you take the helm i have just admired your character um your leadership i just i just want you to know how uh wrong i was (laughs) and how much i just really embrace you and how much I love what you're doing. One of those things is training, but also the things that you're doing that aren't crime fighting, but are actually helping our communities. Mm -hmm. Tell me some of those things. Well, coming into this job, I knew I was going to be under the microscope for everything that I said that I was going to do when I was campaigning. Believe it or not, I was able to accomplish everything that I said that I was going to do. You can go back and look at it. Now, things that I do, I don't always have a camera following me. And I know the power of social media. I know the power of a camera. But I do a lot of things in the community to help help the violence, help bring down the violence within the community, to help bring peace into the community, to help those that in the community become productive citizens. Um, we go out there and, and help those who have records to get expungements so they can uh-huh. get jobs. You, you, you'll be surprised. We're creating a whole new workforce right now because a lot of people don't want to work. But we have I people like that we that found yeah. that want to work, but they say, hey, I can't do this. I can't get that job because of my record. So I say, hey, we're not going to let that be a barrier. We're not going to let that stop you from becoming employed because you want to be employed. We need people out there to keep these businesses open. So we're going to do everything we can to help you. So we're all about helping people 
uh, everywhere we go, what are we're going out to help feed the community, um, help bring jobs to, to the community, clothing. Uh, we go out to the schools and we read to the kids. We talk to them about putting down the guns and picking up a book. We got a program called uh, Books, Not Bullets. We work with the American Federation of Teachers, and they give me books to give out to kids to read. Let them know a book is powerful. It can take you places that you've never been to before. You can just imagine what Paris is looking like by reading about it. You can, in just the medieval times, it can take you back there. You can see how things were in the medieval times, even into the future. What they plan on doing in the future, you can see things even in the future. A book is powerful. The knowledge that you get from those books, I mean, nobody can take it away from you. It is powerful. So we talk about books and not bullets. Encourage these kids to read because we want them not to become a part of that pipeline to prison, but we want them to have an opportunity, a hope, and a future right here. So we go out and we explain to them the power of a book, the power of reading, because if they can't read by the third grade, they've already been set up and marked to go to prison uh, before they reached the age of 16 to 17. Already got a slot for them. Correct. Well, i tell you this. You have done a, a, a yeoman's job of, you know, cleaning up people's past. You have done a yeoman's job as far as setting up futures for our children. But as we cut the break, I want to thank you for also the present. And that is, uh, no pun intended, but when you guys for Christmas gave toys to all of the children who had mothers incarcerated. I, that was so amazing, but I'm going to tell you what really took it to another level for me. And I have got to say this out loud. I spoke with Clinton Woods and he told me that you said by the whole list, when a child gave a, a Christmas list. Y'all didn't pick out one or two things. You bought everything. And on behalf of the community, I want to thank you for that, sir. I really want to thank you for that. But let's take a minute to pay a couple of bills, and when we get back, we're going to play this or that. Hello, this is Jefferson County Sheriff Mark Petway, inviting you to join the conversation that we've started around bridging the gap to build communities that are safe and well-connected. Let's all work together to ensure that Jefferson County is a safe place for all who call it home. All right, Sheriff Petway. We have a little game here that we call this or that, right? Okay. Choose your favorite charity. UNICEF. All right, UNICEF. So. Oh, no, no, no. United. Uh, the Negro Fund, College Negro Fund. Okay, UNCF. So, you have to answer the question or you have to make a donation to the UNCF with all of these questions. Okay. All right, so you have, have to choose this or that, but they're easy. Green Acres or J Wings? Green Acres. All right. Railroad Park or Botanical Garden? Railroad Park. Hattie B's or Eugene's Hot Chicken? 
had a beast. I think that might have been a yeah, that was a first. Yeah. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park. Vulcan. All right. And you answering these all the way I would. All right. I think I should be chair. <laughs> Your mama's or granny's fish and grits? Yo mama's. That's the first. That's the first. <laughs> Uh-uh. It's not? No, no, uh-uh. Everybody's been choosing your mamas and saying, I'm sorry to grannies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Regions Field or Protective Stadium? Protective Stadium. All right. Negro League Museum or the Civil Rights Museum? That's tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is tough. Um. But you know what? I'm going to have to go with the Civil Rights Museum because I hope to be in there one day uh, since I made history. You absolute. And it's uh, Black History Month. We have a black history maker right here. So salute to you, sir. City Stages or Heritage Festival? Oh, got to go with Heritage Festival. man. Let's <laughs> go way back to Rick James in the day and everything. Come on now. Cops or First 48? First 48. Okay. Magic City Grill or Nikki's West? Wow. <laughs> you know, I like them both. Um, I'm just going to have to go with uh, Nikki's West, but I like them both. All right. And finally, Alabama or Auburn? <laughs> <laughs> can I say UAB? <laughs> <laughs> you can make a donation. Uh, <laughs> wow. You know, uh, I've had family. You know what the right answer is. I've had is. family at both, but my household are uh, with the Alabama. Road tide. Road. They we, took all my money. <laughs> we got our streak back going. <laughs> so, um, I got one other question, but it isn't a this or that. It's a this or that or this or that. Mm -hmm. Right? Who is the best James Bond. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. <laughs> the man has style. He has style. He has, he has style. Um, you know, the, no doubt about it. He has the style. He has everything. So uh, I had to go. I grew up with Sean Connery. Um, uh, Lansby would probably be the next one. He only did one James Bond movie. Um, but Sean Connery was hands down. He set the trend. Now tell me, how did you how did you get to be such a Bond fan and whatnot? I I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I talked to your wife, <laughs> and she told me <laughs> last night what a big James Bond fan you are. So tell me about that. How did that come about? I just grew. I grew up. To me, he is the ultimate policeman and that's what I am right now policeman yeah. um I mean he saved the world James Bond I mean he has style he has charisma I mean he had everything yeah and he has the best women <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a married man so I'm not out there living with women so don't 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 think that but, we're um, not reading into that at all because <laughs> you you guys have such I mean you guys have a beautiful 
um, relationship. How did you meet Miss Mrs. Vanessa and and tell us about that love story since it's February. Yeah, we, we did that yesterday with the Kiwanis, and uh, we were glad to share some of who we are with them mm-hmm. and uh, brought them into our home and, and shared some things about us personally. And uh, we met at a Bible study. A former girlfriend of mine um, took me to the Bible study, uh-huh. and Vanessa had a singing group she was singing in, and I wanted them to come to my church uh, to sing in my church for a youth day. Okay. And that's how we met, but uh, that was during the holidays, uh, right around Christmas. It was, she was at UAB, and um, didn't get back together again to so sometime in January because they were out for uh, the Christmas break. Uh-huh. So I had a chance to come back and and sit down and talk with her, and they were uh, glad to come out to my church, and uh, we were glad and to have them there. But ever since that moment, we were. Um, I guess forming a friendship, and then from there, a, a more of a romance and a relationship. So it just grew, grew, grew until we became lovers. I love it, man. As um, while you were running for office, um, I'm just gonna be honest. I had a whole bunch of people telling me, uh, a bunch of female friends of mine telling me how I needed to get behind you because your wife was such a good woman. <laughs> I mean, she is so loved and so beloved by so many people. She is my biggest cheerleader uh, that I have, and she supports me. She wants to see me succeed. Uh, she believes in me. She believes my dream, my goal, my vision. She believes in everything that I do. And uh, she's been around long enough to know that I'm real. I'm genuine. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not talk, but uh, a vision that I have, want to see change, want to see things happen. I really work toward those things to make it happen. As it relates to family, uh, how many members of your family are in law, law enforcement? Is it just you? None. Not a one. So it's so it's just completely James Bond that gave us the sheriff. <laughs> well, uh, I can say that um, it was not my desire in the beginning to go into law enforcement. Okay, I've had uh, some issues with law enforcement coming up uh, that was uh, not good, and um, but I wanted to make change. I wanted to make some change in law enforcement. I don't want to see anybody else get treated the way I got treated. I had a sports car coming up. I had a Camaro. I was 16 years old in high school. Had a little sports car. Um, I got pulled over and, and were given tickets because of the color of my skin and the type of vehicle I had. Mm. And um, I you know, was told that I ran stop signs, ran the light. I did not. Mm. So I felt like, hey, we need somebody out here who's going to do the right thing. And, but it took me a while to get to that point. I, I, for a long time, I didn't like law enforcement. I wanted to go into computers. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed solving problems, fixing computers and everything. But then um, I got into law enforcement and started liking it. Okay. So I need to continue this because I feel like I can make a difference in what I'm doing here. And now I am in a position to where I can really make a difference. So uh, that is what we do each and every day 
try to make a difference in the lives of the individuals that we come in contact with, whether it's through me or those that I train to make sure that they go out there and do a good job and the right job. We make sure that we make a difference every day in the lives of individuals that we come in contact with. I want you to um, tell one last little story because I I I think you des you it deserves to be told and everybody needs to know. How close were we? How close were you and our district attorneys at decriminalizing marijuana when you first got elected? Well, uh, that is something I, I really pushed for. And something, you did. You um, did. I was vocal about it. I saw how it affected a lot of our youth, our young kids. Um, I don't like to see officers go out there and arrest somebody just for a little roach or a little, little small amount of marijuana. I didn't do that. That was not my way of policing. Mm -hmm. To me, you now owe me. You're my informant. You owe me. I give you a chance to give you a break. If you, we go somewhere and talk, you tell me what's something that's going on in the community so I can prevent something from happening. Mm. Now, we're getting closer to where uh, we can now have marijuana within the state. Uh, they're opening it up now to where we have it for medical purposes. Right, right, right. And they're allowing, I guess, certain people to be able to grow it. Right, right. But um, I would love to be one of the ones that can grow it because it's going to make some good money. Man, it's going to make somebody very, very wealthy. Right, it is. But um, we didn't, we're not at that point yet. We're Alabama. Um, we will eventually get there, but we're not going to get there overnight. But uh, the next generation, I can see them getting there. Yeah. So the fight, we have it right next door. In Georgia, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of people come from there to hear, and they have it with them. And I try to educate these officers: don't make an arrest of a small amount of marijuana. Mm -hmm. It's not worth ruining somebody's life. Right. My thing is that now if they had a trunk full. Now I got, got an a issue whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard some. I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody told me that you had ordered new books or new. Um, ticketing things and hoping that we were going to move. What was it? The big ticket. You right. were going to do something called the big ticket or something like that. Right. And um, I spoke with um, the uh, Sheriff's Association mm -hmm. and I spoke with the legislators mm -hmm. about changing uh, how we do marijuana mm -hmm. instead of arresting them. Mm -hmm. We just write a ticket just like we do when someone uh, has a traffic violation and just get them a court date. Let them come on a court date. Right. So um, there were people that were in favor of it, but I did feel alone a lot of times out there trying to fight for it. Yeah. But that is not over with. I did eventually get the DAs to agree with me. Right. To where uh, we will just get them a summons to where they come to court. Uh, we have to get the legislators to be able to change that. But we had some uh, f a fight uh by the uh, attorney general, mm -hmm. who's kind of reluctant to do that. But uh, I think that we, we keep on pushing it, we'll get there. And then eventually it may be legal here instead of illegal and that we want to worry about it at all. Well, I just, um, God has blessed me with relationships 
like with you. And um, I just want to be sure that people know what's going on behind the scenes. And I can't say enough again how much I appreciate you, how much I admire you, and just just what a good man you are. And in this world of, you know, people um, being quick to complain, <laughs> you know, and, and never singing praise, sir, I sing your praises. I really do. But thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And um, to those in the listening audience, you heard it yourself. The sheriff is anti. No, the sheriff is pro. Well, how should I say this? <laughs> I got you. I want right. to go say he's pro. Hold on, he, hold on, hold on. The, the, the sheriff does not want to see people arrested unnecessarily for small amounts of marijuana. And I'll leave it at that. That is correct. We want to thank Vanessa's husband, Sheriff Mark Petway, for joining us. We want to thank you for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63 and UrbanHam.com. God bless. <laughs>